It's Friday, the lowdown. Final, final, final day of the week. Our third weekend and nothing. I broke a chair, but other than that, we're good. And we're live on Sports 1440, also sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call us 1-833-401-1440 or Twitter at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Wolf. GMCBuick.com. Our guest today, Steve Lansky, in studio for the 1 o'clock hour. We'll have him for two segments. We'll talk Oilers, hockey in general, sports, media, innovations, and what he doesn't like. And I'm going to tell you this, and I hope you believe me, because it's true. Lansky, his segments on this show get listened to by other media, and they're dreaded by other media, as are his tweets, because Steve just, period, doesn't period, care, period. He doesn't. He will just tell you what he thinks. He's, a, he's an open book, and that's why we love him, and that's why you love him. Tyler Uremchuk will pop in from the Daily Faceoff and Oilers Nation. John Horn, tennis expert, freelance commentator, reporter, producer, ESPN, TSN, MLB, CBC, RESPCT. It's all there with John Horn. We'll discuss the Labor Cup in Vancouver and Declinations, top five, at 1.40 today with our friend Declan. And speaking of, I wanted to ask you, last night we had a, um, well, a, a sponsor evening, a client appreciation, uh, and uh, I'm... Was it your first one? It sure seemed like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, first one was Sports 1440, of course, as it was yours. So let's pump the brakes there a little bit. Uh, no, it was great. <laughs> I got I got to chat to some cool people. Me and Lori talked about uh, our medal winning days. Lori Ann Munzer, co-host on the Kevin Carey Show and regular contributor on the Jason Greger Show. So that was great. Uh, got to shake hands with Speck a little. He, I'm sure he's forgotten who I am already, but uh, it was nice. Met some good people. What Speck likes to do is find out what teams you played for as a child and yep. then mock them openly. And it's a good thing. You know, it is. He he. The look in his eye when when we met was like, uh, this guy won't be around. He won't be around that long. He he's not worth getting to know. So, <laughs> brief, quick and brief. Spec can seem crusty, but after a while, he's just crusty. The so Jays there's a lot lost, of there's so. there's layers to him. Yeah, you gotta you gotta. I want to say he's like I an did. onion dip. Yeah. Um, I want to say about all the, uh, I, I visited as many as I possibly could. Some of them, you know, let me know that they didn't want me to come to their table, but that's okay. Uh, I want to say hi to Dennis Johnson. I had a great talk with him uh, from Weiss Johnson uh, and everybody that I saw there. We, I really enjoyed your company. I enjoyed the, the kind words and uh, I hope that we could do it again soon. And, and uh, I think everybody had a really good time. I drank ginger ale. I'm, I'm becoming that old guy, right? Who, you know, Forgets to put his seatbelt on and drinks drinks ginger ale and talks about the old times, which is totally new from what I was five years ago. I want you to know that. All right, our top stories today. Uh, Michael Anilar is now the owner of the Senators. He won big over Snoop Dogg, Ryan Reynolds, and The Weeknd. They were part of a group that was bidding on the Senators and did not win. What they should have done is included Taylor Swift and Barbie because they win everything. We will watch the Ottawa situation because Steve Steos, currently a member of the Edmonton Oilers organization, had been rumored uh, to be going there as GM. And there was a Peter Shirelli ripple buzz in the water not long ago. And maybe he's going there, too. Uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman reported for the athletic 23-year-old center Ryan McLeod has a soft tissue tweak and has kept off the ice for precautionary reasons. Also precautionary reasons. And 
Uh, Ryan Fatty is out with a hip issue month to month basis. So that's a little longer. We didn't really know, but now we know it's a long time. Uh, and we know about the Matthias Ekholm hip flexor as well. Uh, Labor Cup Europe versus Team World. That's this weekend in Vancouver. They have beautiful facilities out there. If you ever get a chance to watch tennis anywhere in Vancouver, do it. Um, I don't like the names of the teams. I know they do this, but Europe versus Team World. Remember when Bob Cole did that uh, at an all-star hockey all-star game? <laughs> He'd say things like, a world in big trouble here, or the world is in the corner. <laughs> uh, I thought it was funny. Anyway, Laver Cup, we'll talk to uh, John Horn about that. Sportsnet Elliot Friedman shared on 32 uh, Thoughts podcast today that the Tampa Bay Lightning wouldn't be crushed if Steven Stamkos didn't sign that extension with the team, that's pretty wild because he's the face of that franchise. Remember Gott Stamkos? Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember it a little bit. <laughs> Why? Well, I just, you know, I, I <laughs> no, didn't I want remember. you to write thought... an essay on it. I just wanted to know, frame of reference, if I could go deep on this. No, you or... can go. You can dig in on okay. it. Okay. Well, yeah. he's been the face of the franchise for a long time. A uh, great player down there. Now he's been hurt, but they've won Stanleys with him on the team. And uh, I'll tell you why they're doing it because they are, they are in a cap crunch. They got, they've drafted well and they've had to sign guys. That's what happened in Edmonton. Evan Bouchard is going to have to be signed. It's going to be a big number. And I swear to you, you can mock me all you want. Darnell Nurse or Evan Bouchard, when Bouchard signs his big deal, one of them is going. It has to happen. And especially if they continue to develop young talent. If Broberg develops into a player, and if DeHarnay and uh, the others that are down there, like Bo Akey, who is going back to junior, but you get my point. ESPN's Greg Wasinski spoke to the NHL's uh, hope to build on the momentum of the Australian preseason game. And, you know, Australians are people, too. They can enjoy hockey. And now they're thinking the league is considering holding an outdoor game in Mexico City. You know, if you can, if, if the ice works down there, you can play anywhere. That would be a concern, right? Like, I would be worried the ice is going to... I can't imagine they have too many arenas built for an NHL crowd. No. Well, Gretzky or, filled L.A. with arenas. Yeah. But that was in the, you know, that was in the, in the 80s and 90s. It, yeah, it was Gretzky. So you're saying we got to send McDavid down to Mexico City? That's what City? I'm he, saying. Yeah, it's he's going to be the one the, to fill the arena. Monterey smoke, and it'll be, you know. I mean, if you, if you put the Leafs down there, they would travel. They would travel for it. If you if you move the Leafs from Toronto, there would be a riot. Yep. Toronto would not allow that. I think they should put a second team in Toronto. Yes, you mentioned that. You mentioned that. No. What, have the second team the Toronto-Mexico City Diablos or whatever the name may be. Toronto, have them affiliated Toronto with Toronto Diablos. That's so they good. Play out I can see the City. cultural, you know, just connection. It's the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Elks Lions tonight. Rough Riders play earlier. If they lose and the Elks win, the Elks are two games behind with three to play. Now I know. Look, I get it. I know what you're going to say. Come on, come on, Low Tide. Get real. And I, I understand what you're saying. I do. But here's the thing. After like week nine, this team was dead in the water. It was, it was, they had no chance. And in the second half of the year, they're fire. They're absolute fire. And Trey Ford is the reason. So go to the game tonight. They had great crowd at the last home game. Make it happen again. Get out there and cheer them on. It's going to be a nice evening. If you, if you're going to a, a, a September and it's, I think this is the last official day of summer. And then tomorrow, or is today the first day of fall? I thought I thought yesterday was the last day of summer, and today's the first day of fall. No, I think it's weird. I think it's like fall at twelve oh one or something. Okay, can you check on that? For yeah, me? I'm the captain, research man. And 
because I think today, ordinarily it is the 21st is the final day, but I think today it's the 22nd is the final full day, and then tomorrow morning early, I think that's what it is. And we're... we're well, I, I have an answer. Okay, what's the answer? So at 11.49 a.m., which is which is come and gone. I don't, no, sorry, okay. Let me restart. Okay, 11, why, don't, why don't you do the research? No, and I got then it. Sorry, I got research. it. I got it. I had to look up. Give me. Okay, I got it. So at eleven forty nine p.m. today, summer's over and fall begins. Eleven forty nine p.m. Eleven forty nine p.m. Right. So this is the final full day of summer. This is the final full day of even summer. though technically eleven minutes before we, you know, sail on down the line. Yes. All right. Okay. Till the weekend. But last day of what are you going to do to celebrate last day of summer? Going to go throw throw the old baseball around one last time or what? No, I I had a very stressful day yesterday. I, yeah. My dog went in for surgery and she's fine. By the way, she's already jumping off the bed in the middle of the night and doing things. And um, but it was very stressful for me. I'll be honest. So I'm going to take it really easy today. I'll do my walks and I'll uh, I usually go to Costco. I have an exciting. Why can't you believe I have an exciting life? No, I I believe you have an exciting life wholeheartedly you sold me on your your hippie summer and ever since then i've been like wow this is you know the austin powers of sports 1440 international man of mystery <laughs> um and I've, I've just believed you ever since that you're an exciting you're an exciting fun guy you you are the best liar in this room uh tied i've got an idea for a show we're going to call it the scene with gene prince of bay will come on for 20 minutes every day and tell us everything that's going to go on and around the city and deep dive into other players unknown oddball facts like their cat's name I love that. I, I will tell you, I love Gene Principe. I, I, I just really, really like what he does. Not everybody does, but I'm a big Gene Principe fan. Canada Dry or Schweppes LT. I'd like Canada Dry. Schweppes is good. There's nothing wrong with it. But I, I ha- Canada Dry is the mix for my Crown Royal. But it's not even a comparison. No. Schweppes can be okay, but it's not well, even close. I would, I would, I would have Schweppes in my house if I, if I, you know, if I wanted it, and I don't. Uh, but I, the reason I have so much Canada Dry is because I, I like the rye. Schweppes to Canada Dry is kind of like any other brand of adhesive bandage to Band-Aid. Well, it's just not comparable. It's just not I, close. There's I don't a clear one and two. Dislike Schweppes. I just don't. Th- it's like. Um, uh, my dad liked Pepsi. Everybody else I knew liked Coke when I was a kid. And so, like, Pepsi was number two. I don't know if it is anymore. I don't know. But there was a time when, when pretty much everybody drank Coke. And then they changed the, you don't remember that, but they changed the, the, the you know, the, the, the formula. Yes. And people got very angry. I know. And they had to change it back, right? Well, they did, but it still didn't, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, um, just wasn't the same. Well, it's like when Bobby showed up alive on Dallas, everybody got so mad. They That's stopped a great watching reference. Him. Thank you so much. Who shot Bob? That you was know, the big episode, right? The great thing about my references is they're spot on. The bad yeah, thing they is they're 45 years old, but I've got most of them. <laughs> I'm shooting like 90%. All right. Well, good job. Thank you. Does practicing a 113 defensive system on day one of training camp mean a different focus for the Otis this year, Roland? It might, Roland, but I, I, like, I'm not one of those who buys into this idea that it's all about the system. It's all about execution. It's, it's about, and I'm in favor of it. The, the thing about execution is you can play any system you want and teams, as I understand it, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe can, somebody can tell me that, I, you know, I know you love telling me I'm wrong, but I think teams play both systems. 
You know, there may be a time when they check down in the middle of the year or or whatever. And so they they do. They play man-to-man or play zone, and maybe they, the forwards play zone and the, the defensemen play man-to-man. Whatever it is, it's you. everybody has to have their head on a swivel and everybody has to check down. And we've talked about this damn play so much, I'm starting to get upset about it. And here's the deal. Darnell Nurse, if they're playing man-to-man, he did his job. Fogle didn't st- check down. He had to. And and even though you're mad about that play, the real story of that play was a hell of a shot from White Cloud. So I know you get mad at stuff, and I know you like to blame people, and I know you really like to blame Darnell Nurse. But here's the deal. It's it's everybody on the ice, and even when you play it perfectly, sometimes a White Cloud shot perfectly placed is going to end up in the back of the net. If you want to pick on Darnell Nurse, pick on the two times that he turned the wrong way. He's facing the wrong way. If he turns the right way, he can get the guy coming out of the corner. He turns the wrong way twice, and they both end up in the net. That you can get mad about because Nurse would know better. Nurse is a smart guy and a very good hockey player, and he just got discombobulated. But I, the, 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 I'm never going to buy that idea. That the, and I know that people have written about it, and really smart people have written about it. And what's going to happen is they're going to change it, and then they're still going to make mistakes because guess what? It's execution. Canada Dry and Shreps are made by the same company. Well, it doesn't matter. We're talking about the flavor of it. That is immaterial, as the kids say. What's where are the burgers? I beg your pardon. There's somebody is talking about some kind of burgers. This is this is news to me. All right, I can't be of any help. I don't know. There's I'll look into it. Could you please? Because yes, I mean, yes. if there's burgers, we should know about it. Then we can talk about the burgers. That's the show, anyway. I find the fizz or the carbonation in Schweppes is better, but the flavor of Canada Dry is better. Canada Dry flat is good. That's how Canada good Canada Dry is. And I, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you why I know that. It's just that, you know, ah. Um, yesterday, you told Declan to be a better liar. Today, you say he's a good liar. That means he's learning. Well, uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. He's a very smart guy. I mean, get to know him because he'll be the host here probably by the end of the year. I think this is an odd year. This is because the last day before a leap year, so the season is pushed almost 24 hours later. See, that we have smart people. These should be the hosts of the show. Okay, we have... we have No ideas. We have guests all day today. So who's coming up at 1220? We have Tyler Remshuk of Oilers Nation, someone you know very well. He's going to be joining us at uh, 1220. John Horn, 1240. And then Steve Lansky, two segments at one. And then the highlight of the show is at 140, and that's Declination's top five what? Top five athletes synonymous with one moment or play. Put a lot of thought into this one. Very happy with how it came out and excited for it. So can I ask how many are hockey? One. Wow. We have, let me think. We I don't want to give away all the sports, actually, so I'm going to bite my tongue a little bit, but we have one hockey. Okay. All right. Well, that, I mean, it better be a good one. Because here's the thing, and I'll, I'll get into it very shortly before we go to break. Like, when you think of Sidney Crosby, you might think of the golden goal. 
But he was so good and had such a good career. He's not just known for that. You think of his whole career. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking at one moment so specifically assigned if, to if one player. If you chose Sidney Crosby and not the golden goal, people are going to rain down blows upon you. I want you to know that. That's what, But I'm saying I'm not choosing a guy who's had an incredible career. Like Michael Jordan, you might think of his crossover in the 1997 Is it finals the Kevin McClellan goal? No, no, no. no. All right. you'll, you'll like this one, though. Okay. You're going to like this one. It comes in at number four, and you're going to like it. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC. Buick. We're on Sports 1440 and on the way, Yaremchuk. Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown Friday edition. The Friday edition is a little looser than the normal shows. It's like Neil Young and Crazy Horse at the Fillmore. All the notes are there. They just, they, they're delayed a little bit. That's us. We're loose as a goose. And that's okay. I'm going to try to get out golfing on Sunday. Have you golfed a lot this year? I think I golfed once or twice this summer. And were you sucking? Well, I, I, I don't know why I said once or twice. I golfed once, and then I went to pitch and putt with my girlfriend another time. So, Well, wait a minute. One and a half times. So are you saying summer. that going golfing, uh, pitch and putt with your girlfriend, is not actual golf? Uh, well, it's just not the same, right? Like, everything, like, it's... Whoa. It's like the yardage is, like, 72 to 80 every hole. So, so it's just not But the you same. enjoy it twice as much. Oh, I had a great time. I had okay. a lot of fun. Mosquitoes were bad. Right. It was behind Kinsman, but I had a great time. Now, your girlfriend, is she funny? Oh, she's hilarious. Is she clever? Yeah, she's very clever. Is she smarter than you? Oh, well, that's not hard, so yes. <laughs> okay, well, you seem to be answering the questions correctly. Oh, she's the Holy Trinity. Nicely done. Not bad, right? Nicely yeah. done. I tell you, you're going to have legions of fans if you keep doing this. Do we have the young Neuromchuk? I remember when he met his girl. <laughs> Oh, my God. I won't say a word, but we say hi to Tyler Uramchuk from Daily Faceoff and Oilers Nation. How are you, buddy? Good. I'm golfing this weekend, too, Low Tide. I think uh, I'm going to golf twice this weekend. I think I'll be up to almost 45 rounds on the year. Nice. How about that, eh? Nice. Very nice. And if I'm behind you and asked to play through, let me, okay? Because I'm very fast. Yeah, yeah, speedster. So, Oilers, anything that has... You know, people are making a big deal about the lines about O'Connor Brown's playing with McDavid, but it's too early, right? Considering they haven't played a preseason game yet, yes, it's probably too early to complain about the line combos. I mean, what are we doing here? Uh, I think when I was chatting with you the other week, I talked about how I think, you know, maybe Connor Brown's a better fit with Leon Dreisaitl than McDavid or whatever, but... Let's be real. The, the lines on night one of the regular season on October 11th are not going to stay the same for 82 games. Like, we should know better people. Come on. Yeah. I, I'm with you yeah. all the way on that. Anything on McLeod or uh, I know Fanti's hurt or Ekholm. You're not worried about McLeod or, or Ekholm. They'll be ready opening night, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the assumption here. Ekholm certainly made it sound that way, and I think this is a very interesting opportunity to give Philip Broberg some minutes higher up in the lineup in the preseason games, get him more reps when the team's doing practices during training camp, like all that stuff. So I'm not concerned about that at all. Ryan McLeod, I mean, you know, maybe a little bit worrying just because he was banged up a lot last year and you would hate to see that become a trend. But again, we can talk about being worried about the health of guys if they're not in the lineup on October 11th. Tyler Uramchuk, our guest from Daily Faceoff and Oilers Nation. What podcast are you doing today, just so people know? Uh, Oilers Nation Radio will record in about an hour, so you can find that one for podcast from Bag Milk, Liam, Rick, Dan. We we have a good time on that pod. So, has uh, Sorelli give you anything to this week? Sarah, what? 
You say, who'd you say? Did you say Shirelli or Saravalli? I said Saravalli, but I might have said Shirelli. I don't. No, look, right. you, you know this show. Just follow along, and if I say it wrong, keep going. Well, I, I wasn't ready for you to help the fact that I'm close friends with Peter Shirelli. Um, but no, Frank Saravalli didn't give me anything going on right now. we got to wait a couple of weeks for the waiver wire to get spicy. Oh, man. That's why I'm doing noon to two, because I need to be on that waiver wire. Um, is it just me? I've, see, I don't, I don't, and this is going to sound awful, and I don't mean it to, because I have many friends in media, but I don't completely trust media when it comes to pumping tires. And right now, Sutter is, you know, every time I read about him, it's like, oh, he's doing great. But it's so damn early. We don't know if he can keep up. I mean, you, you show video of the first day of practice where he can put one foot in front of the other, but you can do that. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason why Sutter's maybe getting hyped up, and you know this, we're in media time. What do we love? We love a good story. And would there be any better story than, you know, a good Western Canadian boy sliding in after two years off, whole COVID thing, and bang, he cracks the team, and he perfectly fills this slot as the fourth-line center, a right shot who's going to kill penalties, all this. The story would be absolutely incredible, and it's also an interesting one to tell right now so that fans keep a tab on it. So I think that's why he's getting a lot of the attention. Like, I mean, no offense to the guy, but what's interesting about Lane Peterson? <laughs> you know, his mom listens. Well, that's something that's interesting about Lane Peterson. <laughs> uh, I want you to take a lash at something, and I, I've done it, and I don't think I did it well. So I, I get you, I'm sure you do too. I get a lot of people who are mad about, you know, the Oilers lost to Vegas, and it was really two periods, the second and third period of games uh, five and six, and a, a couple of penalties that were back to back, and that was really the ball game. And there's a lot of luck involved. But when I try to tell people that that you can be the best team in a league and not win, the, the mind doesn't like that. It rejects it. And so tell me in your words, if you would, about the power of luck and why, even if you do everything right, you might finish shy. Yeah, the line I always like to use is that, or I shouldn't even say it's a line, it's more than that, but at the end of the year, there's one team that wins a championship, but there should be more than one team who feels good about their season. And you've had this point for a while about celebrating pennants like they do in baseball. Like, it's damn hard to get to the Stanley Cup final, and yet in hockey, at least, we always look at these teams who lose in the Cup final as failures. And I, I don't think that's right. I think there were years when the Oilers lost to the ass. That was still a damn good year for the Minnesota Oilers. Last year, disappointed. Last year for the Seattle Kraken, for example. They made That's a damn good year for the Seattle Kraken. But, you know, a team like Colorado, very disappointing, even though they made the playoffs. I think sometimes we just need to understand that you can have a successful season and not win the Stanley Cup in some cases because, like you said, there's a lot of luck that goes into this stuff. You think about even the Oilers beating the Calgary Flames in the Battle of Alberta a couple of years ago. I forget who it was on Calgary with the no-pull call and the kick-in and all of yeah. that. That was a call that didn't go the Flames' way. If it does go their way, we're talking about a series that's going back for game six, and who knows what happens when the series gets pushed to game six. Like, there's so many things, and, and that's a big moment, a no-goal call, but think about shots off the post, offside calls, a rush. There's so many things in the best-of-seven series that totally the momentum. 
momentum and the way things are going that sometimes you can be the best team and you can be the best team over 82 games. You can be the best team over six games of a seven-game series and you might still lose. Like, that's, that's sports and in a way that's the beauty of it. Yeah, it's true. And it can impact your team. Now I'm going to switch gears with you, uh, Tati Ramchuk from Daily Faceoff and Oilers Nation. The Jays can't keep going five and five, man. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like they're, they're, they're. I think they're going to get in. I think they'll get one of the spots. But they're, they're, they're a plodding bunch here. Ready for my reply to that? Yes. Low tide. The Jays can absolutely <laughs> keep going five and five and get in because Seattle and Texas and Houston play each other a bunch, and you only need to be better than one of them. Like, the Jays could. There is a world where they don't win another baseball game and they get in the playoffs. If Seattle and Texas, if one of them was to go 7-0 and against the other one in their seven head-to-head game, I'm not saying that's going to happen or that's realistic. But the point is, the Jays can be average and still very easily get a playoff spot. And I will keep going back to you'd rather be the third wildcard team than the second wildcard team because that means you get to play Minnesota and the Tampa Bay Rays. And I don't want to touch the Tampa Bay Rays with a 10-foot, 20-foot, 30-foot pole come October because they're that kind of team and playing at Tropicana Field is an absolute curse. So I think the Jays are fine. I think their fan growth percentage now is like 88% or something like that. They're getting in. And with this bullpen and this rotation, I think that gives some team quite a bit of trouble in the first round of the playoffs. But Honestly, like I'm not really that stressed about their standings in a playoff spot right now. I thought you were going to say nine-game winning streak, baby. I really did. Uh, then you're going to be wild card two, and then you're going to have to play the Rays. You need to win just enough to keep that third spot within reach. So Schneider's doing it right by by win one, lose one. Yeah, he's playing chess. Everyone else is playing checkers. All those bad bullpen decisions, taking Vladdy out of the lineup, whatever. He's just eyeing up that third wild card spot. He doesn't want to fly too close to the sun just yet. Oh, I like that. Hey, um, should I be worried about Vladdy? Uh, no. The fact he pinch hit last night probably tells you that the knee isn't as serious um, as some doomsdayers are saying it might be. And also, one, Kevin Biggio looks awesome at first base. He can play there and Vladdy could DH the rest of the year and they won't be missing anything because Vladdy's defense has taken a bit of a hit this season. Also, Brandon Belt's eligible to come off the injured list in like a couple of days here. So Brandon Belt could also come back and start playing first base. I just think Vladdy should DH the rest of the season, keep that knee fresh. So uh, I got two more for you, baseball. Are you okay with that? Yeah, that's cool. Okay. So in the off season, when when the the Jays are shopping, um, are they they need a bat, right? Yeah, they probably need a bat. Like this past winter was all about sacrificing the bats to get better defensively and to get a better bullpen. And I mean, look at the results. They are defensively without a doubt they're a mile ahead of second place in terms of defensive run save. Like they're the best defensive ball club in the majors and they have one of the best bullpens in the majors as well. So last winter, the goal was to show up a few things mechanically. They did that this coming off season. The goal is going to be get more pop in this lineup and try to get back a little bit of what you had to sacrifice to fill some other holes uh, this past winter. So yeah, I think they're looking for a big corner outfield bat. Oscar Hernandez is a free agent. Why not? All right, final one. I, I'm going to create the scenario here. It's the deciding game of the LCS, and the Jays are down by a run, and it's in the ninth inning. And 
Alejandro Kirk begins the inning with a, a sharp single to left. And Schneider pulls him out of the game, and he puts in Cam Eden. He's got a 94% uh, percentage in stolen bases in in the uh, uh, minor leagues. And he's, he's fast as lightning. And I think he can steal second base. But you have to put him on the postseason roster. Is he worth it? Do you know the legend of Terrence Gorolo Tide? I don't. He, in his career, in his playoff career, and keep in mind, he has been a part of, I think, eight playoff runs throughout his career. He has a grand total of two plate appearances tied, and this guy has three World Series rings on his head. Because he is exactly that. These teams kept bringing him back. Kansas City, I believe, did it. Atlanta did it. And there was one other one that he was a part of, but maybe he wasn't on the roster for that one. But he's earned at least two World Series rings. The dude doesn't hit. He just goes in and pinch runs a couple of times in the series. Does good things because he gets in the scoring position. He comes around, score all that. But two plate appearances and two World Series rings. It's happened before. The only bad part is I don't think Cam Eden is eligible for the post roster. So our dream is dead. Oh, well, that that's too bad. So um, we can find you on The Nation. We can find you at Daily Faceoff. Uh, I was talking to Bag Milk. We are uh, going to put in a protest. We're going to talk to Jay. Because you seem to get more holidays than anybody. Oh, that's no. It, my holidays just get exaggerated. I take two days off, and because I do so much, everyone's like, "Oh, your rumpkin must have been gone for the last month." That's garbage. Don't believe the bag milk propaganda he's trying to feed you. Would he lie to me like that? Yes. Wow, you think you know people? Well, yeah. I feel badly for taking his side, and I will have a stern talking to him. Yeah. You should. You should. I'll go walk over to his office right now and straighten him out. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. See you, Todd. All right. That's my friend Tyler Uremchuk. He was once the Declan of this show. Then he went on to big and beautiful things. Well, he, he's rich and famous. And, yes, he is. And uh, doing well and has overcome his giant feet. I used to, I'm the one. Yeah, he, do, he does have big feet. I went to HR and I said, when that man backs up, there better be that boop, boop, boop noise that you hear on big trucks. And then I said, and make it when he goes forwards too. Yeah, like they got to have like a roaming sound effect when he walks. It's like the slap you hear in Disney shows. Yeah. When his feet hit the right? ground. And yeah. you'd hear, you'd hear the, the, because I don't think he could lift his feet all the way. So you're schlub, schlub, schlub. Yeah. And that right in you know, the carpet. There's so many things about... Why didn't you say any of this when when we were just talking to him right now? Oh, I've told him. Okay. Oh, so no, he, I, he's well aware. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. I just, I, he was in a good mood. I didn't want to ruin it. No, that's fair. Delusional about the Jays. Now it's you all ruined going my well. good moods. <laughs> you don't know how that true that is. Uh, do I pick on you at all? No, no, no. I don't yeah. think so. We'll let the text line decide. All right. <laughs> Well, you know what? We should we should mention the text line. We do have time for text, and make sure that you you drop us a line. Um, at, where the hell's the number? One eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. That's one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. We are going to talk tennis with John Horn next. This is the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports fourteen forty. It's twelve forty. This is the lowdown. We're just ahead of John Horn. Uh, we're we're trying to get hold of John. His phone works, but John isn't. Is that how we see it? That seems to how it is be how it is right now. I'm going to work my uh, well, work my hardest to get him back on the line, and he, hopefully we can he, get him up, get well, him up here in a second. He's a good man. If we don't talk to him today, we'll talk to him talk to him on Monday. But he'll he's he's good. He's good that way. 
Hey, Tide and Declan, I was just wondering if Tide is ready for his fighting Irish to get beat down by the Buckeyes tomorrow. I'm uh, also wondering if Declan can give us his top four in college football. Mine is Georgia, Texas, Michigan, USC. I I was good this year, right? Like they're I think they're unbeaten. I, I think that's right. And and you know, I mean Notre Dame is sort of a you know, no matter what, I'm a Notre Dame fan. But there are there are years where they're just not they're not great. Um I think they're I think they're good this year. But I, 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 I'll be honest with you, uh, the, the summer of low tide involved a lot of hippiness. So, uh, I know they're, I know they're unbeaten, I believe, but I don't know how, if they played really good teams. So I'm going to say it's going to be a great game with Notre Dame winning it late. And I will address this later. Okay. I will not good. forget. All right. It's, uh, John Horn joins us now. This is the one man on the planet Earth who, Introducing him could take 45 minutes because he's on everything. He does everything. Uh, he's a tennis expert. But, John, can you give us a really quick thumbnail of sketch of, of where we might have seen you and where we might see you again? Where you might have seen me? Uh, well, you might have heard me. I do commentary on the uh, women's world feed matches. So uh, the last event I did was Cincinnati right through to the Coco Golf final, which she won. And uh, I was uh, doing some stuff for the Rogers Cup, where the National Bank Open, I should be calling it, uh, in Toronto. I was doing commentary there. So uh, I do tennis analy- uh, analysis. I write. I, you know, wherever somebody wants to slide a bit of money into my account, I'm pretty much there. So, uh, okay. <laughs> so that's, how right. I, that's how I go about it. But I do lots of tennis stuff and do a few other sports as well. I do a bunch of NFL, too, with ESPN. So a bunch of things uh, on the go all the time. Okay. I, and I appreciate you doing that because I, I know you're very famous, but I sometimes you jump around and we can't find you, so I appreciate you telling us that. Um, Labor Cup. Um, this is not as confusing as the Davis Cup, right? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's confusing if you've never seen it before. Uh, I mean, Davis Cup is a little more straightforward because you know that you're playing for your own country, uh, whereas Labor Cup, you're playing for either one of two teams, either Team Europe, uh, which obviously com- compromises all the European nations, or you're playing for Team World, uh, which comprises the West, uh, the rest of the globe. So uh, you got a mixture of Canadians and Australians and Argentinians and Austra- you know all different parts of the world that are on Team World, and then Europe is strictly the European nations. So that's the difference. Um, and plus, it's just a three week of uh, three day event rather. Davis Cup, uh, it's, it's, that's actually, now I think about it, it's almost more confusing because they play you know, group ties and there's playoffs and there's final stages, group final stages. Um, and then, the, you know, they move the, the event is now in one place as opposed to it used to be at different places. But then the qualifying in Davis Cup goes in different countries. So uh, to summarize it, it is all quite confusing if you're not familiar with either of them. <laughs> but, you know, I'm glad you said that because it, it's it's. Um... You know the fact that it's world and Europe, and and that's a little bit off. But I, the 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 tennis is such a simple game at the at the basic level. Like if you're watching Wimbledon or the U.S. Open, there's there's men's and women's, and there's doubles, and it 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 just it it flows, and you can watch what you want, and you can follow it daily. But these tournaments are important. Like I'm I'm looking at the the people, the tennis stars who are flying into Vancouver, and I'm seeing basically everybody, including Federer. Yeah, well, Feder- I mean, Federer is the founder of the event, essentially co-founder of the event. So that was his vision to to create a team event. Um, so, you know, it was, he wanted to do something that, that showcased 
team team tennis as opposed to individual tennis because you know other than Davis Cup, uh, you know, and there are a few other events now that have popped up on the calendar too, um, like the ATP Cup to start the year in Australia. Um, there really at the time in 2017 when the first event happened in Prague, there wasn't really any team event other than uh, Davis Cup, which was for your country. So he thought it would be a good idea to to put an event like this together. Um, and it's called the Labor Cup in honor of Rod Labor, who he considers uh, his favorite player of all time. And it kind of gives back to some of the older generations of tennis by showcasing some of the, the older players. And obviously Rod Labor is one of those. And then the captains uh, of the teams too, John McEnroe, Beyond Borg, who obviously had storied careers themselves, uh, a lot of uh, classic head-to-head matchups against each other. So uh, they're the captains on the team. And you know, it's 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 a fun event. I mean, I, I think some people, you know, it's a hit and miss for some people. I think people, when you watch it, uh, go to it in person. Uh, they make it a lot different. I mean, you've got the the all black court, uh, lots of lights and colors, and um, you know, it's 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 a more fun event, I would say, than just say going to a regular ATP tour uh, or a WTA uh, match in itself. Uh, there's a lot of glitz and glam off the court leading up to the event. They have black tie dinners and galas. Uh, last night there was a big event where they had David Foster singing and um, you know all kinds of money raised for charity and that sort of thing too. So it, it's a really big showcase, all which which uh, Federer has put together. And I, I guess the biggest thought was is that you know how is this event going to continue on uh, after Federer is not playing because he was obviously the, the marquee player in the event. Uh, and as he retired last year at the Labor Cup in London, um, this is now the first year the Labor Cup has not had Roger Federer. So, um, you know, the, the one thing I'd say this year is that they've struggled to get the bigger names this year. There's no Djokovic, there's no Alcaraz, uh, no Medvedev, Nadal's obviously hurt still, uh, no Andy Murray. So, you know, really the, the biggest names are really Taylor Fritz, Felix Ogialisim, uh, Andre Rublev, you know, Francis Tiafo, Casper Ruud, those are sort of the biggest names there. Um, you know, and they're they're great tennis players, don't get me wrong, but they do, they're not the marquee names that uh, we've seen at Labor Cups in the past. So that's going to be the struggle, I think, moving forward is getting the players. Um, but they move the tournament around all over the place. Next year it's in Berlin. Uh, last year was in London. They've had it in Geneva, Prague, Chicago, Boston. So it's moved around quite nicely. So that gives everybody a nice taste of being able to watch men's tennis. And some of these places like Vancouver don't get that opportunity to see world-class tennis very often. So uh, that kind of makes it uh, a unique event for people here in Vancouver. John Horn talking tennis on Sports 1440 and the Lowdown. Uh, it's at Rogers Arena. I would love for the at least to go play a little bit over, you know, at the Stanley Park courts just to kind of <laughs> see, right? You know, just so they can observe, you know, just know it's there. Well, they just redid the courts not long ago, so I'm sure that it would uh, it'd be fine. It'd be a bit of a problem with the uh, the spectators because the yes. courts are one right beside each other, so I don't know how that would, that would all work. But uh, I know Rod Labor was over at Stanley Park the other day uh, getting some pictures done uh, by the totem poles area there, so I'm sure a lot of the players have wandered down to check it out. It's a great spot, obviously. But, uh, yeah, the Labor Cup is, is always an indoor event, at least it has been so far, so... Uh, I think they're going to keep that tradition going. And uh, you know, it's a nice day in Vancouver today, a little bit uh, breezy. So I think uh, the players are probably quite happy that it's indoors. Uh, it, how big, a, because Vancouver is a beautiful city and, and, you know, tennis is a beautiful game. How big is this for Vancouver maybe to become a, a little more prominent in that world? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the focus on tennis in this country has primarily always been in Montreal and Toronto because that's where the training centers have been. That's where the, the women and the men play the 1,000 events. 
Um, you know, there are challenger events across the country. Uh, there's one in Winnipeg. There's one in Granby. Uh, there's one in Calgary coming up in November. Uh, there's usually one in Vancouver, although it hasn't been here the last couple of years, um, but it's coming back. So uh, there, there's obviously, you know, a taste for tennis across the nation. There's no doubt about it. Vancouver's got a very strong uh, tennis contingent. Uh, there are a lot of clubs here. Of course, uh, you know, unlike a lot of the other country, you can play outdoors almost year round here with the weather being uh, good, even when it's, you know, cool or what have you. You don't have to worry so much about it being that cold and uh, the snow, which is a big detriment uh, in a lot of parts of the country, including where you are and, and where I usually am. So trying to find that indoor court space is often difficult. So uh, I mean, there's definitely a solid market here in Vancouver for tennis. Uh, when the Davis Cup has come out here, it has drawn very well. The Billie Jean King Cup uh, qualifiers have been here the last couple of years, so uh, people have come out to watch that too. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would I would love to see a, a, an ATP or a WTA 250 event here. Uh, I don't know if it's possible. Uh, you'd have to do it, you know, at the arena uh, where they're playing uh, Labor Cup, Rogers Arena, I would think, or do it at the old Peony uh, grounds where the Canucks used to play. There's another stadium next door there. Um, but I think, you know, I don't know, it would probably need quite a bit of a refit. They're kind of older buildings now. But, um, you know, I'd love to see it. It's it's unfortunate, really, that there are really only those two big tournaments in Canada. But um, it's like a lot of other uh, events like golf. Uh, this is the question that comes up in golf with the Canadian Open all the time is, you know, trying to get the events in on the calendar, squeeze everything in because there's so many things on the calendar now. Uh, it makes it difficult. So, But certainly there's there would be a market for it here, and I think it would draw quite well. Um, especially if it was an indoor event in the winter, because other than the Canucks, there's not a lot going on uh, in the winter in Vancouver. So it, uh, it'd be good for the tennis fans, and I'd love to see it. But uh, easier said than done, I suppose. So if we're looking at this final question for you, but if we're looking at the year you know, 2023 and it's, it's say, done, uh, what were the big stories for Canadians this year? Oh, that's a tough one because have, unfortunately there haven't really been a lot. I mean, I'd I'd, I'd have to say probably Gabby Dabrowski's uh, right. U.S. Open doubles title that she just won. Uh, that was good. I mean, I think Layla Layla Annie Fernandez has had some really good doubles results this year. Uh, hasn't won a title, but has had some really good results. Um, but it's it's been quite quite a tough year for, for on the men's and women's sides. I mean, you start with Felix Ojeda-Aliassime who's playing at the Labor Cup. Uh, you know, last year was was a great. Uh, you know, platform for him to showcase Canadian tennis. And he played really well in the Labor Cup and beat Djokovic and then ended up winning three tournaments in a row. I think he won 16 matches in a row or something like that. Um, so maybe he can do that again this year. But this year has been a real struggle for him. He's, he's had injuries. He just hasn't played well, hasn't been consistent, really struggling with his serve. So it's been a tough year for him. Uh, he lost in the early rounds of, of a lot of the slams this year. Denis Shapovalov hasn't had a great year. He's been injured too. Vasek Pospisil, who's, who's now sort of come back, but he's been battling an elbow injury. He was out for a long time. Uh, hasn't had a lot of success this year. Uh, I guess it's nice to see uh, Gabriel Diallo doing well. He got, the, he got that win uh, at the uh, National Bank Open, uh, first ever ATP win for him over Dan Evans. That was a cool moment. Um, and on the women's side, you know, it's been a struggle for, for Bianca. She hasn't really had a good year herself. Rebecca Marino hasn't had a lot of wins. So it's, and, and Leila Annie Fernandez has struggled in singles, though she got to the quarterfinals in Guadalajara this week. So it's, it's been a tough year for Canadians. I uh, can't lie. Uh, it's just, it's what it is. And, uh, you know, there've been some great years the last two, three years for Canadians. And then, you know, you're going to have some ups and downs in the sport of tennis, especially when you play as much as you do and the fields keep expanding as they do. 
So, um, you know, I would say probably Dabrowski's U.S. Open title is probably the big highlight for Canadian tennis. And maybe the Diallo first ATP win over Evans on home soil, that was pretty cool. And, and you know, and I should also shouldn't, shouldn't discount uh, Milos Raonic. I mean, he, he's come back from injury. We hadn't seen him for a while. I think a lot of people didn't know if he was going to come back at all. And he has. And, you know, he's, play, he's played reasonably well. I mean, not to the level that we're used to seeing. He got a great win over Francis Tiafo in the first round in Toronto this year, which was really cool. I think he had, what, 39 aces, 37 aces, something like that. So uh, I'd say that maybe that's my second, uh, the feel-good story of Raonic coming back, and just hopefully we'll get to see him play some more. He's here at uh, Labor Cup as an alternate, but I'm not sure if he'll get a chance to play. Hopefully he will, but um, we'll see what his career you know has in store after Labor Cup the rest of this year and next year. So, uh those would be my stories. Unfortunately, there's not as many as we'd like, but uh, that's how tennis goes sometimes. Ups and downs, at least like in any sport. John Horn, you rock. Thank you. You rock, too. Thanks for having me. All right. John Horn, tennis expert, freelance commentator, reporter, producer, ESPN, WTA, FIBA, CBC, MLB, TSN, Sports 1440. Interesting, Labor Cup. Have you been to Stanley Park how many times? Never. No. Never. No. No, I haven't been. No. No, I'm telling you, I haven't no. been. No, I'm telling the truth. Uh, no. What is going on in your life? Do you want me to say it again? No, I just haven't been. <laughs> you have to go. Okay. Uh, I've heard I, it's beautiful. I insist. Okay. I, w- I will definitely go. These are the things you have to do. You have to you have to go through Stanley Park, and then you have to cycle around Stanley Park, and then you Ooh. have to walk the seawall when it's cloudy and rainy and it's going to pour and rain. That's the best. I don't know if you're joking, but that does sound lovely. No, I, I've done it. Yeah. I've done it where you, you get back to the car and you, you, you are, you turn on the vehicle and it instantly fogs up because you have so much humidity yeah. on your person. Uh, I like love a, it. It's yeah. great. Sounds like a great afternoon. It I can't is. wait to go. When are we it going? Is. Well, I, I would, I would, t- if you don't, if you have never been, uh, it's one of my favorite places in the world. I mean, it's not Lake Louise, yep. but it's, I love Stanley Park. And I, I mean, in its own way, it's more beautiful. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that people do with Stanley Park that drives me nuts is they think they can do. Well, we're going over there in the morning. Are you kidding me? What you do is you get a um, a room at the Pan Pacific or one of the hotels, and you then you just walk over there every day for a week and you spend the day. You and, really? Oh yeah, you get, it takes forever. It's re- so much. You really have the whole system for this, eh? I love Vancouver. It's okay. such a great international city, yeah, and I've been there city. many, many times, and we'll, we'll go again eventually. All right. Well, let me know. All right. So next hour, it's Steve Lansky, and we just cleared the track for Steve Lansky. He's like Eddie Shack. So there's going to be two segments devoted to Steve. We're going to talk about media, what's happening in media, what he'd like to see happening in media, what he doesn't like about media, and we'll talk about the Oilers, where they're going to go. He loves amateur sports. He loves junior hockey. We'll talk about that in his summer. So a couple of texts really quickly before we go. Um, Pan Pacific, that's AM radio money tied. It's anything in downtown Vancouver is going to be expensive, but you got to go. You got to go. We, I like the hotel van. It's kind of old and, and, you know, it's a little ways off, but I like it. Um, holy heck, I'm happy to hear LT show again from Yeg Girl Candace. Well, it keeps me off the street, Candace. That's all I can say. Uh, LT, do you stay at the Sylvia Hotel? Beautiful. I have not, but it's been recommended to me many times and I probably will. I probably will, because it's right there, right? Like, you can pretty much do anything. 
One time when I was eight, I was visiting my uncle. We rented bicycles to go around the park. We went over those walkway bridges with the swirl walkways down. I got too much speed to hit the front brake and flipped over my bike. See, isn't that a great memory? Thank you, Imitation Tom. I think he's the real thing, but whatever, we'll move on. All right, it's 12.57. On the way, Steve Lansky. This is the Lowdown on Sports 1440, and here's a sports update.